Welcome to BTF Takeover Beyond the Field or DTF as uh, I think Neve, did you want to call it DTF? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said don't call it that. Okay, sorry. Uh, round two, BTF yes. Takeover. Um, we, we actually made it back for round two. We did, and do you know what? I actually was going to try and nail the, the intro because I fucked it up last time. But, um, <laughs> but you've just I think we've kind of done it all over again. And um, from our first podcast, we've actually spoken to our friends around what they thought about it. And we actually both listened back and we're texting each other while listening to the podcast. <laughs> and I said to Cam, drop me off at the morgue. My voice is horrible. <laughs> that, and, um, oh, yeah, sorry, go. That, that first two minutes, honestly, was so cringe. I could not deal with it. Oh, I know. It was horrible. Hearing your voice, I mean, not that I can say much today because my voice is croaky, but hearing your voice back is foul. Agreed. <laughs> about 100%. mine or about yours? Oh, yours and mine. But <laughs> no, but I think you've got a new voice today for us. So I mean, hey, that's a bonus, right? I've been I've been waiting all week to use this voice. Mm. Hey, mm. look. So let's just jump back into last week. Um, what did we talk about last week? We talked about being young, traveling, um, owning homes, and traveling at the same time. Um, we sort of went into a little bit around that, around um, the Great Resignation, yes, COVID. That's right word again and how it affected us and um well everyone really and you've actually gone away and done some numbers of what it will cost that if you want to own a house and travel i'm glad you reminded me of that like half an hour ago so um yeah as we said on the last one obviously you want to give people a bit of an insight like is it possible to buy a house live in it for six 12 months and then still go and travel overseas so you know we've jumped into a few numbers and just bear in mind this is not financial advice um, and this is just an example of what it could be like up here in Auckland that's obviously where we're based a lot of our customers are um, these numbers will look different in different parts of Auckland different parts of the country so indicative indicative yes good word <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a brilliant word um $800,000 purchase price with uh, our development empire, a business within money empire. Um, they've just done some, um, or they're in the process of building some developments named Totra Terraces. 800k, I think, is about an average purchase price in the middle. Um, based on a purchase price of 800 with an 80% deposit. Oh, 80% deposit? Fuck no. <laughs> You'll be saving till you're 19. 20% deposit. Someone come knocking at the door. I just had to turn around and have a look. Um, 80% lending, 20% deposit, which again, that's a that's a large amount for a first home buyer, but it is, um, I guess, pretty standard in the environment. People might get gifting, again, from their Kiwi savers, savings, that sort of thing. 20% um, deposit. At the end of it, if you're needing to rent out the place and top it up, again, the full rental income won't cover, I guess, all the total repayments on the mortgage, rates, insurance, all that sort of thing. So it's probably going to be short, like four grand a year on average. So okay. if you are wanting to buy a house in the situation, go overseas and rent it out, you're probably going to need around four to five grand a year, again, indicative of the situation. So be mindful of that per year. If you're working overseas and you've got a good income, you can at least send money back, but it's just yeah. to be mindful that there is going to be an expense. The rent in this environment won't cover the full cost of that property. So yeah. something to be mindful of. And that's pretty standard as well. Yeah. Like four and four thousand a year is um if you're considering it an investment, it's not a lot to have to really mm. put in. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, if you're travelling with no income it would make it harder. You'd have to mm. like save an extra four thousand before going yep. overseas yep. to ensure that you've covered your costs. Mm. Fuck, that's so boring talking about numbers. What's next? What is next? Coming back from travel and sorting your finances. So how can you prepare for this? For when you come back from travel? Yeah. 
So like if you're if you're traveling solo or with a partner, it's probably going to be a bit different, right? <laughs> because you're looking at me like I've just pulled this topic out of nowhere. But anyway, I did not read this on the run sheet. But <laughs> so if you're coming back with a partner, potentially a little bit easier if you share finances, which is actually the next topic we're going to talk about. And if you're coming back with a job lined up, again, probably going to be a bit easier to manage your finances because you're going to have the security. And in our last podcast, we actually talked about cash incentives upon return. So if you are receiving that, that would be a positive. Absolutely. And, and as you talked about, you know, when you're traveling, you're probably going to come back because you've run out of money, you're on your ass, you've got nothing left, and you're thinking, fuck, I need money and I need to come home to work. Um, yep. So again, like, how do you do it? Some employers, as we talked about last time, they are offering cash incentives um, to come back, which would be a, a, a booster. But I think in a lot of cases, um, people, I guess, ideally can fall back on family, come back yep. and live with mum and dad while we find another job. Um, ideally, you know, you come back and you've got a job already lined up, but we know that's not a reality for a lot of people. And maybe if you can't come back and live with your parents, it would be worth sorting flat before coming home. <laughs> yeah, otherwise you're on, on your ass on the street. Um, but yeah, if you've got a partner again, like that's that's twice the chance that you've got a, a family to come back and live with. Um, yeah. But it's a similar to when you go overseas, you probably need a bit of a buffer to, to maintain, you know, a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, renting, groceries, all your usual stuff before you actually find a job. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And um, that takes us on to our next topic, which is actually quite interesting. And Cam and I have discussed quite a bit recently, which is money (laughs) sorry and how taboo it is so um do you cam do you personally talk about your finances with your partner i do only because i've got to you know line them up make sure they're not spending all my bloody money yeah um no honestly it's it's one of those tricky ones like you know we've only been in a relationship for two years and how long into the relationship did we talk about money our incomes i'm not even too sure like it's probably maybe six months Um, For some people it's really easy, it's really comfortable, um, but I know some people struggle when the incomes are on opposite ends of the spectrum. You know, one might be embarrassed if you're on higher income to tell them how much they earn. or but the, and vice versa yeah. exactly you might be embarrassed to be like oh my god like they've got a really good job with a high income and i'm only earning you know this amount so it can be a bit of a struggle for some people yeah and i think um you know with the whole talking about your finances for me personally i don't care sharing mm. my money details with it's my friends so much whatever friends family and partner but i think that's because we've become immune to numbers like we deal yep. with numbers every day so hearing a few you know, thousands here or there, isn't really that big of a deal. But I think I have a different stance on it. With my partner, 110% open, discuss it all. He's the same. We speak about all that sort of stuff. With friends, a bit different, depending on the friend. Yeah, absolutely. Would you be the same? Because I, yeah, if, if some certain friends ask me, I would say, yep, this is what I earn. But other friends, I'd probably be like, no, maybe from a trust. Mm. I it's, don't know. It's one of those things like you don't want everyone to know about it. Like you, you talk about. You don't it with, need to make it your Facebook fit. status. Yeah, exactly. I earn four hundred grand a year. Well, oh. What do you do? You know, um, but exactly like you don't want everyone to know because what's the purpose like I, I think the the main thing about talking about your income is to I guess help people understand if maybe if they want to go into your industry what money can I earn what are the options and but yep. then again within a relationship because you want to understand who can afford to do what you who know. can help with a house deposit yeah yep. exactly that sort of thing um, but yeah so you don't want to be telling it to friends who are just going to go and blast it out to everyone yeah. in the world because again what does that what does that prove yeah um, and another interesting one is talking about salaries with workmates now I I 
we actually, when we were going to talk about this topic, I went away and asked a friend who works in HR, and I said, what is the sort of stance around this? And she said, well, sometimes there's actually a clause in a contract that yep. says you can't discuss yep. your income with other employees and I or your colleagues. And I said to her, what is the reason for that? And she said, honestly, it just stops office dramas of you know me being like cam you earn this i earn this why mm. is it different that sort of stuff yep. and i thought that was quite interesting because um yeah i i, I don't even know what's in my contract <laughs> <laughs> yeah no too right and i've actually had this before in a, in a previous role in a, a sort of big corporate and the the boss got so pissed off when they when she found out that someone had talked about their salary to another staff member of the same role yeah because obviously the pay was so different and she didn't want them knowing was it um, a male and a female no, it was two females, okay. but in general, it was just talking about pay. Um, one arguably was more experienced than the other, who had just yeah. recently come to the job. So, end of the day, like they actually agreed, fair enough, that that you know you earn more than me because you're more experienced. You're actually teaching me, but yeah. you got to ask the question why. Like, and you know, you ask HR, but but why do they do that? In some cases, I genuinely think it's because they want to. They don't want people to know, so then they can get away with paying less, you yeah. know, compared to other employees. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason behind everything, but I, I mean, I think sometimes. It could, it's good to know, you know, mm. if you information. Yeah, I think when it comes back to property, though, and you know, that's what we're all about, and sort of mortgage broking, but trying to understand your your partner's income and that sort of thing, like it is important to, for you to understand because yeah. if you're going to say, yeah, sweet, let's do fifty fifty on the mortgage repayments, and you know, just because we own the house 50-50, yeah. but I might be earning 25 grand a year, you might be earning 50 grand a year, so yeah. in the end, well, it's it actually pretty hard. To, yeah. yeah, so it definitely makes sense to talk about it with your partner, just so you're aware on, on what you're comfortable with, and, and if one picks up more than the other. Yeah, agreed. Well, send us some messages on um, Instagram, and we'll share some stories around what other people's thoughts are on um, sharing your, you know, money and income with partners, friends, family, whatever. But that takes us on to our next topic, which is student loans and obligations, while I'm sure which Cam is a pro at. <laughs> you have been dropping me in the deep end, literally like, what, two, three times already? Well, see, um, the reason that I did that is because I actually don't have a student loan, so I, I'm not very knowledgeable around the whole side of things. I know about it when it comes to a mortgage, which I will talk about, but you talk about going overseas with a student loan. Um, yeah, good one. Um, so yeah, student loans going overseas. There's no sort of dramas or lies about it. I guess you've seen stuff in the in the media in the last couple of years. People coming back to the the country or trying to leave and that sort of thing, and they haven't been paying their student loan mm. because essentially the interest just gets charged. People go away with you know fifty grand, they come back with sixty or seventy grand because they haven't been making any repayments because it's um, not interest free once exactly. you leave. Right? When you're in New Zealand, it's interest free. Um, so no interest being charged on it. Obviously, the income or the 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 repayments just come out of your pay, um, so you don't even see it. But when you go overseas, I think it's about four percent interest is what is charged by IRD on land revenue for um, your student loan or what the student loan balance is. So I fucking can't look at you. You're just laughing. Um, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. Anyway, argument. Um, yeah, so if you're going to go overseas with a student loan, just make sure you're aware of your obligations. Talk to IID first. If you go over there, um, uh, from my understanding, you just need to tell IID if you're going for longer than six months because that's pretty much the the, the notice period um, for when... I hope you're not videoing this or 
fuck it has been recorded isn't it because this may be wrong um, <laughs> six months is, is the period where after that if you're not repaying then they'll sort of start asking questions of when are you going to start paying um, your student loan back because yeah. where, where's your income are you overseas are you on maternity leave fair enough um, so if you're in agreement with them and you've spoken to them about your student loan and being overseas then at least they're on the on the yeah. same page as you and they know and they can give you your expectations of what you are to pay don't let it be an afterthought exactly yeah yeah because you will have even though you're overseas and and there's interest being charged back home you will have obligations to pay back um from a couple of people that i've known that live in australia and that sort of thing now um i think they had to pay like two and a half grand a year or something but again it depend on each situation yeah. i think the balance of of the student loan um so if you're going to go and live live overseas um um <laughs> then <laughs> Make sure you call IRD. Yeah, Long get, story short. get your facts first. Yeah. And I think that brings us to the end of the podcast. Podcast number two of podcast BTF. Podcast number two, BTF, um, yeah. We'll we don't, be need, back. Any, we don't we'll have any powers this time. We don't have powers this time, but we will be back for podcast number three. Yep. But prior to that, if you have any questions, message me on Neve Jervis at Money Empire, is it? Or Canberra. Oh, sorry. No, Neve Jervis Money Empire on Instagram. Or Canberra at Money Empire Over on and Instagram. Over What's that? What are we talking about in general? Like, do we need We're a- doing a recap. We're talking about traveling and you're sorting your finances, which you've got a calculation for. And then we're talking about how money is a taboo subject. Is it taboo or taboo? Taboo. <laughs> I have no idea. And then we're going to talk about student loans and your obligations while you're offshore, which you oh, said you do I don't even know. I didn't do any research on that. <laughs> I think it's 4% interest. I don't have a student loan, so I don't know. Anyway, we're ruining all the podcasts. All right. Are we, are we ready to go? Are we like recording? Yeah. Have we been recording this whole time? Yeah. Not the actual podcast, though, is it?